this is Brunch with the Hollowells, and here's a quote from Rob. Madison Montgomery is a stone-cold bitch who loves hard drinking, big dicks, and trouble. If she died, it's probably because she got wasted and offered the Grim Reaper a handjob or something. God damn it, I know this. Madison Montgomery. Hmm. Okay, tell me. Well, you know who Madison Montgomery is. It sounds very familiar. I'm going to feel stupid when you tell me, and I couldn't remember. <laughs> you are. Um, but if any Charmies out there feel like they know, don't feel stupid. You're not stupid. Only Sean. Only me. So, Madison Montgomery is a character from American Horror Story Coven. Okay. The person who commented on who Madison Montgomery is, is none other than Queenie. Of course. Yes. I chose Queenie this week because she is a badass bitch. She says everything on her mind, and she lived after being fucked by a minotaur. I mean, if anybody should be highlighted, it's her. But her power specifically is that she is a human voodoo doll, meaning she cuts herself, but has you in her mind, you get the cut, and she doesn't. So she can stab herself, she can axe herself, she can do whatever she wants to her body, but it'll only happen to her victims. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. And I liked I liked her character. Do you remember her? I do. Because she also comes back later. Yes, she does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, prequel-wise. And yeah, she's an amazing character, and I'm glad that she was on the show. She's cool. So uh, yeah, we are back. We are back. This is Brunch with the Hollowells. We hope you missed us. I know some of you did, and thank you so much for reaching out to us, just checking if we're okay. But a lot has gone on in the last two weeks, so... Uh, Today, magically, is the anniversary of our podcast. It was meant to be this way. It, oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Just go with that. It okay. sounds good. It's meant to be. It is our one-year anniversary since we started this show on our first episode back in 2018. Uh, I can't believe it's been a year. I know. So crazy. I almost got our anniversary mixed up with our other show, but yeah, this is when we started the show. And we are on, in season three, and we, yeah, we don't plan on stopping. Yeah, we're doing good. Our uh, viewership is getting viewership or listening. Listeners are getting, like, they're growing, and um, the seasons are getting better. And, yeah, I'm very excited. So congratulations, Sean. You made it three seasons, <laughs> one year. I'm still here. And you're still here. <laughs> Did you ever think I'd make it to season three? You know what's funny? Oh, no. With Buffy. Anytime I introduce that show to someone and we get to season three and it's time to do a crossover to Angel, they quit. Something happens and they just stop watching. That happened to me with Chris. I was showing him season one of Angel and season four of Buffy together and he couldn't do it. He, he dropped off. Yeah. So season three will be the test of time. Um, you either are destined to quit or not come back for season four. I don't know what it is, but season three just happens to just make people quit. Wow, you put that out there. I did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, we we had to take a small break. Uh, Sean, tell everyone what happened. So, oh my glob, Charmies. 
So last Saturday, I was going to meet Mikey and Anthony and some friends in Long Beach. So I'm driving by myself because Anthony was at work. And it said, get off at Pico Rivera, where Anthony used to live, strangely. So I did. And suddenly my nav was like, no, get back on the freeway. What are you doing? So I went to make a U-turn and my power steering went out. So I had to very strongly turn the wheel, and then I had to very strongly do a UE, and I broke down in a neighborhood. My car wouldn't start, so Anthony had to pick me up. My car had to stay the night in a weird neighborhood. I had to tow it to my parents on Sunday, or to Orange, and I got to spend time with my parents at least, Rob. That's good. And you're going to like this part. This is what came about. My mom was like, let's watch this movie. I've never watched it all the way through. We watched The Craft. Oh, fun. But the voices were off because they have a janky TV. Oh. <laughs> but I got used to it. <laughs> um, one of our charmies actually wrote us and said that she saw The Craft for the very first time. Wow. Yes. And in fact, it's funny you bring that up. Let me see if I can locate her review. She wrote a small um, opinion about what she had seen. So this is from... Alionski13 on Instagram. Hey there, I just watched The Craft after hearing about it on your show, and oh my goodness, it was insane. I've never heard of it before. I can't believe this. Wow. That is so crazy. And so, you know, I asked her, I was like, give a review. You know, I'd love to read on the show. She goes, um, yeah, I didn't know the plot, didn't know the actresses, nothing. But How Soon Is It Now, which is an episode of Charm that we did, started playing, and I was like, ah, yes, it's meant to be. So then she says, I have never seen or really heard of the craft before, but I decided to buy it on pay-per-view, is what she said. Mm. Yeah. And uh, one night and totally loved it. It was very much the 90s thriller movie I'd hoped it'd be. The acting was crazy good and the plot was even crazier. Overall, they don't compare to my Hollowell witches, but I am thankful for my first craft experience. So somebody in 2019 was able to watch that with a grin on her face. And that is awesome. And you know what's even better? It was because of us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, um, yeah, that's unfortunate that happened to your car, but you're back now. Everything's fine. Yep. Luckily, my parents gave me a loaner car for a week. Um, but of course, you went to Chicago, so yes. my car failure and your trip didn't yeah. happen at a good time. So we're the type of podcast that feeds off each other's energy. We don't like recording remotely as of yet. <laughs> and so if there's not a way for Sean to get to me, we're kind of crapped. So at the moment, the t- window in between his car breaking down and me leaving for a trip, I went to Chicago for the first time. We didn't have time to record an episode. So unfortunately, we had to take a, s- a smaller break. But it seemed that everybody was okay and in good spirits. And not only that, time makes the heart grown fonder. <laughs> Because during our break, Sean, we got two new iTunes reviews from Charmy's. Wow. And these reviews, I cannot believe the love that, like, I I, I saw them and it was super random because you don't get notifications for when anybody leaves a review. So, like, I randomly went on there and I saw that we went up in, you know, um, the count on our ratings and we got two new reviews. So, I'm going to read them. Uh, one is from 10 or envy one, two, eight. 
Fortunately, I don't know exactly who this is from the screen name, but uh, it's titled The Power of Two Will Have to Do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A five-star rating. It says, this is such a great concept for a recap show of one of my favorite TV series. This show is perfect, capital perfect, for the seasoned charm fan or a newbie. Their insight to the episode in the way the sisters interact and how well it equates to today's society is fresh and appreciated. I love their personality they bring to every episode and their open discussion about their lives as it relates to the topic of the episode. Uh, you boys almost make me like Prue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your hot man meter is on point. And I appreciate the queer POC and the poly representation Boom. in podcasting, plus the nostalgia of the show, but also the 90s and the 2000s. Thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate that. And then we have another one from um, a very uh, spoken fan throughout uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Mulan Rye, M-O-U-L-I-N-R-Y-E. Rob and Sean are charmed. Another five-star review. Wow. Been a long-time listener and ashamed to say that it took me this long to write a review. In my defense, I never do. So that just shows how special and magical this podcast is. I started watching Charmed midway through its first season. At the time, I was a lonely, geeky, overweight 13-year-old who needed a weekly escape. As cliche as it sounds, I laughed, cried, and loved with the sisters, and those memories growing up um, will never be forgotten. I wish I had a podcast like this when I was growing up. Rob and Sean have a fantastic chemistry. You really do feel like you are having brunch with longtime friends. Another part is getting to relive the series again through Sean's eyes as he sees the episodes for the first time. I cannot wait for season three and beyond. I got to uh, do its uh, similarity with similarly, <laughs> is that how you say it? <laughs> similarly with my partner this last year year by introducing him to the show him not knowing what was coming up was a highlight and now that our complete series watch is over i'm glad that i get to hear new opinions on the episode still can't get enough stars for this show great work guys and i will definitely be continuing until the end charmy for life p.s i feel like the has to be seen um the show with the DVD music. The Netflix soundtrack does not do it justice. Agreed. Thank you so much for these reviews. This totally made our day and the anniversary of this show, so we can't thank you enough. Uh, See, Rob, you always tell me nobody cares about my life, but they do. <laughs> they do like me. Yeah, okay, I said that. <laughs> uh, I think that is going to do it for news. Are we ready to start the show? Let's start this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are doing Season 3, Episode 2, The Magic Hour. This air date was October 12th, 2000. Written by Chris Levinson, Zach Estrin. Directed by John Baring. These are all familiar names. They are oh, clearly yeah, yeah, yeah. part of the show. And we have some special guests, including Michael Dietz as Christopher. Elizabeth um, Hornoez, I think that's how you say your last name, as Brooke, with Eric Pasoja as the boss, 
And Jennifer Rhodes returns as Penny Hollowell, a.k.a. Grams. Grams. <laughs> All right, you start. All right. Piper swipes a copy of Bride magazine from the hairdresser. She sees two young women comparing engagement rings as she goes down on the elevator. I just want to say go down on. I know it didn't make sense, but I thought it was funny. At the manor, she sees a just-married couple leading a procession. All of this visibly frustrates Piper. Back in the manor, Prue and Phoebe are trying to guess who Piper will pick to be her maid of honor. They're also trying to pick sunglasses for the upcoming eclipse. When they ask Piper, however, Piper thinks that given their hostility, she probably won't be able to even have a maid of honor or anything else taken for granted at most other weddings. Prue reminds her that even if she isn't getting her dream wedding, she's getting her dream guy. Good for Prue to make light of a messy situation. It, it does suck that Piper can't have the wedding that she wants. But again, they have to realize they are not normal people. Right. Like some traditions uh, are just not meant to be for them, you know, but she is lucky to have the guy that she's always wanted. Uh, have you seen a, an eclipse before? I have. They're overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably agree only because I don't think I've ever seen one either. And an excitement to get ready for one. I mean, I never made the whole shoebox thing or the glasses. I just kind of went outside and looked at it as so best I. I could. <laughs> but I never got into it, into it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Leo orbs in and says that they have uh, gave, given him an ultimatum. Either he and Piper break up. Um, off their relationship or the sisters get a new white lighter they have until tomorrow night to decide leo offers uh door number three which is eloping like they talked about a week earlier but they are going to be listening so they must avoid any use of the w word uh prue does not know how they'll be able to hide anything from them given the sisters calling Phoebe can't find anything in the Book of Shadows on how to hide the W from them, but is more concerned with why they are so violently opposed to it. So Piper suggests that Leo head out, thinking that it'll be easier to avoid suspicion if he's just not around that often. So, Sean, let's try to avoid the W word today. Okay, no no W word. No W. I thought this was funny, though. It was a funny concept that, like... Just because they're not saying W, like, are they just so dumb that they're like, oh, I guess they're really talking about these other things. I think they are. You no, think so? <laughs> no, honestly. So Leo did mention that they are not watching 24-7. It's a thing with them to, you know, give free will and privacy and all that jazz. I think if they hear key words, gotcha. they'll pop down. That's what I'm guessing. I have no idea. Okay. But uh, this scene always stands out to me because... Um, they're starting to put in a little more comedy where it doesn't have to be. And so Leo orbs in and then Phoebe's like, Leo. And she's like, Shh, Leo. And there's <laughs> no reason. I just think it's funny. And, and Phoebe's just good at those quick, you know, you know, witty things. But I just like that scene. Yeah. I like that. Just as Leo orbs out, Kit yells. We haven't seen Kit in a while. We haven't. I, I was surprised pops in to see him. All, all, yeah. All back and forth. Yeah. And is there really, like, nothing else to Kit? He's just an awesome cat who's We'll find out. We'll find out. I hate you. (laughs) That's going to be my question for season four. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Kit yells, and the sisters rush to the porch to find Kit menacing an owl. 
Piper and Phoebe start to shoo Kit away from the owl when the owl transforms into a man. Girl, I love this moment so much. <laughs> One second. All right, here's why I liked it. I love their reactions. So I liked how Piper covered her face. Prue says, oh, good kitty. And Phoebe <laughs> just looks straight up thirsty. Like she's ready to get a straw. <laughs> I love this. So here's the thing. In season one, uh, two, it was Crito. In season three, everyone was like, we can't wait to get to the owl. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember somebody else mentioned it, too. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Chinlin Pan. She mentioned something about the owl once to me, and I was just like... I can't wait for Sean to see the owl. So we'll see what he thinks. So just a little heads up into Hot Man Meter. What did we think of Owl here? Of Owl? Yeah, like the guy. Oh, he's making the list. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God, this beautiful fucking man. So yeah, I think that was our first naked man of the show. Yeah, yeah. we could have many more. <laughs> so yeah, I did point out good kitty. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I like their responses because it was so true to their characters and oh, so yeah. well placed. Of course. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then cue the credits. <laughs> and then the man tells of a curse that his boss put on him. He has to now work every Saturday. No, <laughs> um, he doesn't seem to want the sister's help. All he wants is the boss dead. He only has 12 hours to do it, however, because at sunrise... His baby brother will become one of the goblins. Shut up. Why well, he turns into an owl? No, no, it <laughs> Whatever. All right. The owl looked the same, though, didn't it? It did. Yeah, it was a wild owl. Yeah. At sunrise, he'll become an owl again. Outside the manor, a wolf is skulking about. What did you think of the wolf? I thought it was scary. Yeah? I didn't know what to make of it yet. Yeah. No, fair enough. Piper convinces him to get dressed while the sisters figure out what to do. But when they break their huddle, the guy is gone. Piper, however, is more concerned about keeping the W or rutabaga, I guess was the word that they decided to use, as she calls it, hidden from them. So Prue heads off to scry for the Owlman. Phoebe offers to help, but Prue thinks that she ought to help Piper hide the rutabaga. Phoebe, however, is having second thoughts about going that route. So, with this particular problem arising at their doorstep, do you go out of your way to help, or would you continue to just stick with your sisters and help her sneak in this rutabaga? Like, there was no premonition, there was no powers that be that told them they had to help him. Is this their problem right now, or should they concentrate on the wedding? What would you do? I think that the sisters have a duty <laughs> duty <laughs> to act because this man appeared on their doorstep. So even though there's no premonition, he still fell right into their lap. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason he ended up on their doorstep. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So I particularly would at the moment not worry about it. Like if the problem were to arise again, I help out but at the moment i'm not really gonna go chase Owlman for what but i have to did, what's going on did you see what he looks like <laughs> i gotta families first <laughs> family first you could make a family with him you need to calm down <laughs> 
so the next day, Phoebe and Piper scoop up several books on, I almost said it, on rutabagas at the bookstore, and uh, and they run into Cole. So Cole asks who the lucky girl is, and Piper and Phoebe give a clumsy answer, and Cole waves his hand and swaps Piper and Phoebe's books for some books that he bought on forensic psychology case, causing the sisters to take the wrong bag. So during this scene, we see Phoebe and Cole flirting with each other with those cheesy lines, and Piper was not living for it. She was reading him so much. And I love her for that, that she called him out on it. But um, yeah, how are you at your flirt game? Apparently, I'm really good because people always tell me that I'm a big flirt. And Mm -hmm. people who I don't even feel like I'm flirting with, they'll tell me that I'm totally flirting with them. So I guess I'm just very flirty by nature and don't even notice it. I think some of my flirting game just comes unnoticed. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I was told lately that I have swag. Which is a word that I thought that I would never hear, but I think it's more with my looks and how I, I guess, body language versus what comes out of my mouth. After seeing you on your birthday, I'm like, dude, girl has total swag. (laughs) Oh, he was dancing into me, so I put my arms around him. (laughs) That's right. You were there for my birthday. Yeah. I forgot. When we first met, you were like, nobody wants me. (laughs) I don't know what's been going on lately, but yeah, there's been a little bit more play going out to the clubs. Unfortunately, Chicago, nothing. Wow. Yeah, nothing. So, you know, it comes and goes, I guess, whatever. But people are noticed. My friends are noticing stuff that I'm not seeing. And I still am humble about it. I don't know what I'm doing, but apparently it's working. <laughs> <laughs> um did you notice they were at a Barnes and Noble? Oh, totally. Yeah. I recognize those signs anyway. I know. And Charmies, if you didn't know, that is where Sean and I met. Yep. We met in a Barnes and Noble in the comic book section. <laughs> I threw him a bone because I don't do comics, but I met him over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we looked at the game section a That's lot because right. yeah. you got games. See? Yeah. yeah. You want to know something, Rob? What? You want to know the name of my favoritest restaurant? Favoritest. Rutabagas. What's that? It's only in Orange County. There's three of them, but it's so good. What kind of food? I call it hippie food. But okay. I don't know. I don't know how to categorize it. They have a lot of wraps and salads, but they also have like lasagna and burritos. So it's a little bit of everything, but I think it's more of like a healthy option. Okay. But yeah, I've been going there since my early 20s. Make sure to send this clip over to Rutabagas so we can get it for free. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they must help us out. And they have the best salsa ever. Very cool. <laughs> I would eat there. Sounds good. I would eat you. <laughs> Go. Are we on five? Yes. In a corporate office, the boss hears the screech of the owl. He placed the curse two months ago and doesn't understand why it hasn't worked yet. The owl man, Christopher, rushes up behind the boss and puts a knife to his neck. However, the boss says that killing him will only make the curse permanent. The only way to lift the curse is if Christopher's girlfriend gives herself to the boss. A man with a crossbow appears and chases Christopher away. So, So, oh, go ahead. I thought that was interesting that usually like a curse is lifted when you kill someone. But in this way, it's like it's permanent. You can't take it away. Yeah. um, I, I found this story so far super intriguing because we still don't know the 
whole bulk of it. We still have this wolf that's gulking around. For some reason, he needs him alive in order to like lift this curse. We don't know what's going on. And um, we got demons in corporate offices now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not just like all about, you know, doing whatever. They look super, super human and they've got jobs. <laughs> Stock market, what do you know? So whenever you talk about the wolf, I think you're going to like this reference. There's this electronic clue game. I think we played it once. But whenever it tells you about where the suspects are, mm-hmm. it'll say like, you see Rusty skulking in the bushes. <laughs> That's what I think of with the wolf. <laughs> Love that game. Um, The other thing was that in this corporate office, there was like tons of testosterone. Like all these dudes was just showing their manhood and their colorful outfits in this big giant corporate room. This looked like the scene of a porn being filmed. (laughs) I swear to you. Like notice his desk had nothing on it. There's no there's no shelves or cabinets with work in it. It's just props. (laughs) It just looked like a porn to me. So funny. <laughs> so Prue hasn't been able to find Christopher. She can't scry for him in the owl feather while he's human. So Pepper finds a page in the book about a ritual called hand fasting. Okay, so hand fasting, for anyone who does not know, is the internal joining of two people in love. It is a sacred ceremony of commitment presided over by a high priestess. Best performed at a time of sunrise or sunset when both the sun and the moon are present in the joining of two lovers. Uh, This is an actual page in the book. I believe it's in the DVD collection book that I have too. Uh, And so concerned about tipping them off that she writes it on a small blackboard. Phoebe admits seeing it earlier in the book, but didn't think that it would do any good because it requires a high priestess and they don't know one. So she also admits that she is entirely supportive of Piper and Leo eloping. She thinks it might be interfering with their Wiccan duties though. Piper admits that she's being a little bit selfish, but thinks that the sisters ought to be able to want something for themselves. Do you agree? That she should want something for herself? Yes. Should they be getting anything in return or is their life solely just to save the world without any self-fulfilling? Um, I agree with her. I think she deserves somewhat of a real life. And um, personally, I think W's, after going through one, I think they can be a lot of money spent just for a day. Mm-hmm. But I had always wanted one before that. Now that I've had one, I know what the experience is and I understand it from the other side. So I don't blame her for wanting it. I think after having it and going through all that trouble, she may be like, that was it. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. she deserves it. So, yeah, my my sort of question adding to that is Phoebe's concern. Is it valid? Should she be, you know, against her sisters right now and think like Piper, maybe we shouldn't do this. And this is going to take away from our duties. You're thinking about yourself. Like, should she be backing her up? Mm, I think she should be. Well, I think she's doing a good job of being kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. She's not forcing her one way or the other. Yeah. But like you said, family is important. So I think she needs to try to find a way to make it work. Yeah so that they can get through it as soon as possible. I totally agree. And I also agree that Piper, I mean, it sucks that the definition is being selfish, but I think fighting for something like this, I think is worth it. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I'm with Piper 100% at this very moment. Now, given the the um, risks or the stakes of the mission at hand in this episode, I think if it was a little higher, I might think differently. But what's going on, I think that they should still continue to fight for, you know, yeah. the elope. So Piper closes the book and the owl feather floats out. Phoebe gets a vision of Christopher apparently being menaced by a wolf in a forest. So we get the mention of the wolf again. So then we go off to... After a long surge lasting most of the night, the sisters finally find the scene in Phoebe's premonition. They spot the wolf and Christopher appears shortly afterward. The wolf barks at the sisters, then turns, then runs towards Christopher. But Christopher greets the wolf as if it's his girlfriend. <laughs> the wolf and Christopher hide in an abandoned house, and as the sun rises, the wolf transforms into a, a naked woman. They exchange a brief glance before Christopher turns into an owl. The woman, Brooke, is initially reluctant to trust the sisters. She does, however, explain that the boss fell in love with her and cursed both her and Christopher when she spurned him. The owl screeches, a crossbowman smokes in and shoots at them, but Piper freezes the bolt. Prue flings him to the ground, allowing the sisters and Brooke to make good their escape. So I cannot believe that they were out till dawn looking for Christopher. I mean, literally the sun was coming up. They spent that entire evening and they didn't look tired or beat up or anything. That's because they're witches. I, yeah, that was that's a long search. But um, so what did you think of the revelation of the wolf and like what was going on when you were watching it? I thought it was interesting and I thought it was a good tragic story that they can't be together and they have like that brief you know 10 seconds where Mm -hmm. they get to actually see each other yeah 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 um i love that when she becomes human and she tries to run away but she really doesn't look like she's running (laughs) i don't know if you picked up on that because i was like woman if you really wanted to run away from these women you could like she was running so slow (laughs) i was like i I have to run but you can catch me if you want i need your help (laughs) um but yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this story. And of course, it fits the theme of like love and what, how far you're willing to go to go get it and stuff like that. So. so at the manor, Phoebe admits that she came off too harshly earlier. However, Piper isn't willing to go through with eloping with Leo unless both her sisters support her. Do you think Piper should even do that? Like, it has to be unanimous. I mean, it's her life. Granted, it does kind of, like, involve the whole witchy thing, but, like, you're just going to put the fate of you and your man and, like, your sisters being okay with it? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's her decision. I think she needs to work with her sisters as much as she can to try to get their blessing, but Mm -hmm. in the end, she needs to do what's right for her. So you, so if one of them said no, you'd still do it? Yeah. Yeah, so would I. Piper goes to the kitchen, where Brooke is telling Prue how her relationship with Christopher went before the curse intervened. She wonders how much more she can take, though. Something that resonates with Prue and Piper as well. Prue is fed up with not being able to have a relationship without magic butting in, and which makes her more determined to save Brooke and Christopher's relationship. So the crossbow man returns to the boss, bearing a small bag. The boss, however, knows he's lying, as Christopher would be back in human form if dead. So he sends the crossbow men 
up in flames and promotes a new one. (laughs) (laughs) So Brooke is having a hard time sort of going through this curse and constantly changing back and forth. And of course, in order for it to all go away or maybe even save Christopher is for her to give herself up. Is there a time limit, Sean, that you can deal with this curse before you just give up? Or would you just go until you're both dead? Well, here's the thing. I don't know if you know this about me, Rob. I'm sure you do. I'm incredibly stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it comes to, like, someone forcing me to do something. Especially if they're in a place of authority. Mm -hmm. So I would hold out as much as I could. But I think it's getting to a point where I would be like she is where... Once my man's in danger, you got to start thinking, like, what am I going to do? Because it's getting dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, in this particular circumstance, you know, having to be with somebody that you clearly aren't in love with to save somebody else, it's a very huge sacrifice. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. But, of course, the alternative is I would fight to the end mm-hmm. and trying to fix it. But, yeah, I mean... You can only do so much. And sometimes you kind of take on the burden and think, well, this is all my fault. I know. (laughs) But yeah, you kind of think, oh, well, this is all my fault. You know, if I hadn't, I don't know, did she lead him on? I know, something happened. (laughs) Well, and in this case, too, she doesn't really get to be with her man in the state they're in. So it's, do you stay being an animal or do you go be with someone else so that you can be a human all the time, but you're stuck with someone else? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, which is the worst? Mm -hmm. No. Brooke tells her story while holding Christopher. Wait, did he get shot already in yours? No. Remember, he brought a bag with a dead owl, but it wasn't the right owl. Okay. So, no, they're not shot yet. Brooke tells her story while holding Christopher. She took a job at an established firm. The boss had made moves on her, and she had refused. He cursed her and Christopher to keep them from seeing each other. The curse can only be lifted if she gives in or there is a night within a day. She feels Christopher is being punished, but Prue and Piper remember how strong Christopher said Brooke was and that he knows she'll never give up. (laughs) Phoebe frantically flips through the Book of Shadows looking for information on curses. Suddenly, the book flips to the hand-fasting page and Grams appears. Grams look good, too. I was going to say, so I love the effects with Grams. The fact that she's not back, but not even a ghost, kind of. I just love the effect. It's very um, translucid, the way you can see through her. I just loved it. But not, like, she looked good. Like, her hair was all dead. Oh, you like a good outfit? She's in heaven. That's, you know, the best stylist is out there. Get it, girl. (laughs) Grams knows about a certain sister situation and that Phoebe needs some advice. Phoebe admits wanting to support Piper, but feels that something is wrong. She remembers what happened with their mother and Sam and fears that she and Prue could get punished. Grams tells her that while the Charmed Ones are destined for greatness, they have a right to true love as well. She knows the feeling. She was married four times and never (laughs) found true love. Before she disappears, she tells Phoebe that Piper will know in her heart when the time is right. Very good. Yeah, so um, everything seems to be working out, but they still have this pesky owl-wolf problem to deal with. (laughs) So the crossbowman is in the manor, shooting up the place. 
I guess, and this is when the sisters were outside, he pins Piper to the wall with two of his arrows, and he shoots at Phoebe as she's uh, coming down the stairs, but misses. Prue flings him into a cupboard, and Prue and Phoebe free Piper and wonder why the crossbowman didn't kill them. So the crossbowman demands the owl, and Brooke runs out of the kitchen. The crossbowman shoots, but Christopher, as an owl, flies in front of the arrow and intercepts it. So Prue deflects an arrow back at the crossbowman and vanquishes him. Brooke is crying over Christopher, fearing he has been mortally wounded. Piper is reluctant to call for Leo, fearing it'll make them suspicious. So just then, Leo orbs in and says that they sent him and tries to heal the owl, but can't. The doorbell rings and Cole is there with the books. Apparently, there was an address on the receipt, which I think is so freaking dangerous. I d- do you remember full addresses being on receipts? No. I don't I don't know if that's a thing, but like can you imagine just dropping your receipt and like somebody knowing where you live? That would be scary. That is I would like Barnes, you're looking for a lawsuit right now and I'm surprised Barnes did not like settle that. Like keep in mind, even though Charm says so, we do not have receipts on our, <laughs> we don't have addresses on our receipts. Um So Phoebe makes an excuse and runs back inside, returning with the other bag. So Cole meets Leo and shakes his hand, and a bit of orb comes off on Cole's hand. He whispers to his shadow, which floats down the drain to report what he had learned. So Piper obviously is running out of time, and she's just like, you know, do you miss your cue? Like, you know, like... It's it's almost, you know, the end. We've got to do this now. Or do you help the innocent? And it just made me think of Ursula. <laughs> Life's wow. full of tough choices. In it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the stakes are higher now. And they're now getting attacked at the house. Christopher is about to die. Now do you stop the wedding and go and help them? You said it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, I would stall that W. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Piper wonders if there's an outside chance that Brooke and Christopher aren't meant to be just as Phoebe and Leo walk in. As Brooke argues that love is always worth the risk, Leo walks outside in a huff. Piper follows him and tells him that she thinks Phoebe might be right about them being selfish. She points out that Brooke and Christopher loved each other, but it wasn't enough. Leo admits having doubts as well, but knows how it feels not to be able to share what he feels for the one he really loves. Phoebe comes outside and holds up the blackboard that says, You have my blessing. Brooke is still crying over Christopher and decides to go to the boss, believing it's the only way to save him. Fair enough. I mean, I get it. And at this point, he's about to die. If there's right. any chance that he would be saved, yeah. I mean, that's usually what love does, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just as Piper asks Phoebe why she had a, such a change of heart, Phoebe looks up and sees the state of the eclipse which also means a night within a day. In all the excitement, she's uh, completely forgotten about the eclipse. They run inside to find Prue bent over Christopher back in human form. Christopher tells them that Brooke has gone to the boss, and Leo removes the arrow and heals Christopher. So Christopher tells them that if Brooke agrees to be with the boss and seals her pledge with a kiss, uh, Christopher will be free, but she will be bound to the boss forever. 
She doesn't know, however, that the eclipse actually broke the curse for this specific time frame. So I like the night within a day puzzle. Did you have any idea what that meant? Or were you even trying to solve it? I wasn't really. <laughs> okay, no, and that's fair. But I like that they kind of put stuff like that in there. It does give a little bit of purpose for viewers to pay attention a little bit more and get more into it. Mm-hmm. So I like when shows do that. And again, Christopher is fucking hot as hell. <laughs> in this. I don't know. It was just when he was like, I got to go and get her and bowl. I just loved it. And of course, he was naked again. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. he was. <laughs> The boss is about to order his men to hunt Christopher down when Brooke walks in. The boss decides to savor the moment, which gives the sisters and Christopher the chance to catch up with them. Brooke makes the boss promise to leave Christopher in peace. The sisters and Christopher walk into the boss's office and Piper freezes the hall. Suddenly, Piper feels a twang in her heart. It's time for the hand fasting. Sounds like she's not going to give, like, hand jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Phoebe suspects the eclipse gave them a window to pull it off under their noses. If they can't see the sun, they probably can't see them either. However, Piper thinks they only have time to save Brooke. Christopher offers to go in himself, but Piper won't hear of it. I do like the scene when they're in the hallway and they all kind of figure out what's going on. And she's like, oh, I just, I feel weird. And then, she, but it's a good feeling. And then everybody's like, oh, 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 it's time. Oh, it's time. You know, I just love it when they, and they... <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, and I love how Phoebe was the last one to get it because mm-hmm. Prue got it. And then she was like, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> I just love it. Um, so this scene is funny because the boss has a chance to kiss her right away. Just get it over with. She's agreed to it. And he's stalling. Yeah. He's like, you're doing it for him. It's not because you don't love me. And that's okay. You'll, you know, you'll figure out how to love me. And I'm just like, kiss her already. You could have won by now. But also, he is not troubled at all the fact that Brooke is actually human when it's technically still the day. She's supposed to be a wolf. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't even think about it. And also, he's the one who put the curse on them. How does he not know what night and a day means and the fact that today is the eclipse? You would think this would be the crucial day to make sure that they don't like get together. I just thought this curse to him was like sloppy as shit. I don't know why he didn't think of any of this. That is really funny. Didn't yeah. Think about that. Yeah. So yeah, we get more of the, you know, the, you know, is the timing right? Is the timing right? So this is it. The hand fasting is supposed to happen right now. Do you leave or do you stay and help? I would stay and help. Really? Yeah. I would leave. No. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, here's the thing. Piper, go home. You don't need the sisters to have an elope. Like, go home. The sisters, others, you know, can they can help. They can help. And here's the thing. They walk into the room. They don't even do anything. They sit there and walk. <laughs> well, and they kind of do something, as we will see in the next scene. But anyways, I would have just sent Piper home and figured it out. So as Brooke and the boss are about to kiss, Prue blows the door open and the sisters and Christopher storm in. Brooke and Christopher see each other in human form for the first time in two months. The boss conjures a crossbow, but Piper freezes the room. Piper wants to vanquish the boss, but Prue wants to make him suffer by seeing Brooke and Christopher embrace. Prue swats the crossbow from his hand, and Piper unfreezes the room. Brooke and Christopher kiss, and the boss goes up in flames. So the boss 
goes up in flames, but it starts at his heart and works its way over his body. So to me, that shows that he really did love Brooke. It wasn't a misogynist thing. It wasn't like, oh, me, man, you, woman, or... (laughs) I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of an obsession, but according to the boss, he actually did love Brooke. And I think that's cool, but is it shenanigans? Do you believe that evil can love? Evil can love. Evil can love. Because we had the other episode with the, um, what was he the, called? The Dark Lighter. The Dark Lighter. I yeah, was going to call Alec. him that, but it didn't I seem mean, right. Well, yeah, in the charm world, we've allowed this, but do you think, like, if demons were real, do you think their soul isn't intact to feel love or is it just nothing but hate and evil i think they would feel love too okay all Mm -hmm. right so and then you know obviously buffy kind of dealt with that too in a way Mm -hmm. you know but yeah so they kind of just yeah look at spike and drew if you call that love (laughs) (laughs) the sisters grams and leo meet at the manor for the ceremony it turns out grams is a high priestess Prue and Phoebe head downstairs. They're sharing their maid of honor duties. <laughs> duties. Piper comes down behind them and Prue and Phoebe walk her to Leo. Before vows can be exchanged, though, Leo gasps in agony and is forcibly orbed out. Piper collapses in tears as Prue, Phoebe, and Grams comfort her. In an underworld cave, the triad praises Cole for getting close to the Hollywells and for informing them of the nuptials. The triad had shared this information with them. Cole thinks he'll be able to destroy the Charmed One, something that the forces of evil have never come close to doing before. He believes Phoebe is his way in. So we get a little bit of a recap and a more of a central flow of villain. You know, just a little like check in, like this is what's going on. So even though he wasn't primarily in this episode, he still continued the storyline. So what do you think about how they're handling this central villain stuff. I like it. It's interesting. And I think I have to take back what I said about him not being evil. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's going to be one of those things where Cole is evil, but he gets close to Phoebe, falls in love with her, and then tries to do good because of it. Okay. That's going to be my new theory. We'll have to see what happens. I'll just read ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to say that during the wedding, I thought Prue looked stunning in her dress. I love her dress so much. And I also love the fact that Piper did not wear white. She knows better. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, most most people would still wear white because of tradition, but she knows better. She knows better. But I love it. I love that she didn't have to do it. And, um... Yeah, so this also was a very traumatizing episode. What did you, or scene, excuse me, when they like violently just grabbed Leo forced orb? Do you see like the face and like the agony and the yeah. way that they pulled him out? What did you think of that? He what did was you th- in pain. What did you think? What did you, what did you think happened to him when that happened? I wasn't expecting it. And um, I actually like that they went there because usually, you know, the heroes know all the right things to do, you know, but in this their idea was wrong and we find out it's wrong because of Cole. But I thought that was kind of cool that we're seeing they did the wrong thing and they're getting punished for it. Really? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I was actually pretty scared when I first watched this because we don't know what happened to him. I thought he literally died. Oh no, I didn't think he died. Yeah. I thought he totally died when I first saw this back in the day. Um, 
So that was the magic hour. What did you think of today's episode? I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it's like the best charmed episode. I liked the first episode of season three better. Okay. But yeah, it was definitely good. It's it's on that new vibe that we talked about, about good humor, good story. Like I'm seeing from these two episodes, I think I can see why season three is like the favorite. Okay. All right. So with that being said, was this worth the wait or it could wait? Oh, it could wait. Definitely. It no, I'm just wait. kidding. Worth <laughs> It was worth the wait. Oh, it was? It was worth <laughs> yeah. the wait. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Rewatching this again, um, I, I do like... Um, the progression of characters in the story and um, we again learn a little bit more about Cole but still not revealing everything I wouldn't have revealed that he is magical in the first episode I would have kept that secret a little bit longer to give I guess Piper not Piper but Phoebe and Cole sort of that like oh my god we want them together and then hit him be like oh he's evil should we still ship them you know but um, yeah, I still like the episode for obvious reasons. And yeah, it was still entertaining, I thought. Hmm. So a couple of notes for this episode. Uh, the song that was playing at the beginning when Piper was being all frustrated in the elevator and all the wedding stuff was another song from Beth Hart called Delicious Surprise. And uh, Phoebe states that Grams was married four times in this episode. Can you believe that? That's crazy. God, I honestly only see myself getting married once, if that. If I get married a second time, I'm put under a spell and you must kill my fiance. Because it's not going to happen twice. It's not. What if it turns out to be me and I have to kill myself? <laughs> Do it. No, I'm playing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, so the backyard scene where Prue and Piper are talking to the innocent, that was actually shot in the background backyard of the real manor. Uh, the back porch and the house can be seen behind them. So they actually went on location, even though all of this is filmed in, you know. Wow. Yeah. They took a trip. Yeah. Uh, the storyline that we saw um, in regards to the owl wolf curse sort of thing actually is sort of a copy of the movie Lady Hawk from 1985. Now, this is a movie that I've actually been wanting to do for the show. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is in it. I don't know if it has the exact plot, but it does involve an owl. And I remember the cover very vividly, but it's a, it's a fantasy sort of story. So um, uh, this is hence Piper's comment in the in the show. She goes, I swear to God, I've seen this in a movie somewhere. So she was referring to Lady Hawk. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, well, I have. I just never watched it. So the only difference is, is that the man is turned into a wolf and the woman is turned into a bird. Gotcha. Yeah, so I would love to do that movie one day. It sounds really interesting now that I know that it has something to do kind of with what we just saw today. All right, Sean. You know what time it is. I know, and just as a teaser, I'm going to tell you this right now. One of these men is making number one. (laughs) (laughs) It is time for Hot Man Meter. All right, Sean, so for this Hot Man Meter, we actually have four possible people to penetrate our Hot Man Meter. (laughs) Uh, let's start with our hero our hero of the hour. It is Christopher, who is played by Michael Dietz. Does he make your hot man meter our owl? 
he does make my hot man meter. Nice. Especially because he was naked. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm going to put him after Daryl. After Daryl. So that means he's your number two. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, he's going on my list, and he is going at number two as well under Cole for me. Okay. All right. Then we have The Boss. This is played by Eric Pasoja. What about The Boss? If he was my boss, I'd quit that job. <laughs> he does not make it. I There's something about his voice that I found super annoying, but I think he looked really good in that suit. And I think he had like a really cute jawline. So I like that, but I like you said last week, I don't think he'll make it on the list at the end, so I'm not even going to put him on Okay. There. But I do think he's kind of cute, but he's not hot. This is a hot man meeting. Gotcha. He's cute, but he ain't hot. <laughs> <laughs> then we have our two crossbowmen, a.k.a. assistant demons. Our first one, who decided to be a liar, uh, is played by Billy Ray Galleon. Rob, I know this is your number one. This, this is your assistant. Has made me realize something. I have a thing for assistants. The <laughs> assistant was number one last season. This guy's number one. This he's so hot, Rob. I knew you like him. I knew it. I knew you. He's like got that him. little like punk look going on, but oh, he's so hot. Yeah, and no. I looked him up. He still looks good. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Very nice. So he is. You're number one. Number one. Wow. Move over, Daryl. All right. He so. can assist me anytime. <laughs> um, I did like the look of this assistant demon. I'm actually going to add him because you never know. Wow. But he is going on the last place, which puts him at number six for me. You don't know my type of man. You don't know me. Oh, I know. I knew this <laughs> dude was going to make it. I'm, yeah. No. Yeah. I had no doubt. Um. What about uh, the second assistant? Now, this is the one that took over once the first one was killed. This one is played by Keith Allen. What did you think of his look? A little more mature, spiky hair. He had the goatee going on. He's tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and he is an assistant, and I do have a thing for assistants. <laughs> so he goes right above paramedic. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Very good. So right under Cole over the paramedic. You have a total of seven men on your list now. I'm horny. (laughs) (laughs) The second assistant does not make my (gasps) list. Nope. So I'm keeping mine six. And um, the first assistant is my number six with Cole Turner. Oh, yeah. Cole Turner still being at number one. Um. Yeah, we shook up this list, and I knew I, I knew it would. I was like, wait until he sees this skater boy <laughs> with a tie on. He he's totally gonna lose is a shit. skater boy. Yeah, he is a skater boy. i see you later, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that um, is one part. Now, remember, Charmies, we added a new feature to our hot man meter. Now we're going to give those women lovers something to um, look forward to. We are going to pick an MVP sister. Where's all my soul sisters? Let me hear your flow sisters. Who was the hottest? Who was the courageous? Who was the funniest? Who is the overall cool sister of episode two? Who did you pick this week? 
I think it would be an injustice not to give it to the sister for the faces she made, the emotions she took us through. Like, this was Piper's episode. She went through the ringer, and she delivered in this episode. All right, yes, and this was definitely Piper-centric. She's my girl, yes. I love that she was going through it, but honestly, Prue was a scene stiller. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm picking with Prue, and again, this goes to what I had said earlier. I think she looked super stunning in this episode. For one, the wedding, but then as they were fighting the crossbowmen, her pink sort of top with that little middle slit and that little, you know, sort of like silky scarf. I just loved how Piper was looking. And then her oohs and ooh, 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 it's, it's time. I just, I just thought she shined. Oh, I'm going to try this for straight listeners. I really liked Piper's tits. I would bang her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that's what they want to hear. What? I'm, I'm meeting them on their level. <laughs> well... We were indifferent this time, but it, so far it looks like each sister has one. That's true. One point on the list now, and the ass on on Prue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough of that. Okay. We like men, damn it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so yeah, I I think Prue deserves MVP for this one. So yeah, each of them have a point. Make sure to keep your list up, guys. We're collecting lists just like every season. Uh, we went through almost 10 men, I think, so far. So make sure to keep up your list. And by the end of the season, I will ask for you to email or direct message us through Twitter or Instagram of your list to put together the ultimate hot meter put together by you, Charmies. And um, yeah, I love getting these lists. They're, they're just <laughs> so funny to see the types of men that people like. It's so great. So thank you guys again for participating. Now, next week is Once Upon a Time, episode three. What do you think this one's going to be about? And don't say Regina the Evil Queen, because she <laughs> is not a part of this show. What? I know. Have we quoted her yet? We. I don't think so. We'll have to check. Okay, okay. Because I have a list. Yeah. <laughs> um. Ooh. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the sisters have to travel to their land to try to find leo and it's gonna be all magical like okay all right we will see if sean is right with his uh theory join us next sunday for another episode of brunch with the hollowells we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we will try not to take many breaks <laughs> abruptly <laughs> um but again um we thank you for that as well as the fact of our questionable sound in the first episode of the season we had an off day it happens podcast life what do you know but um yeah again we're working hard on making sure we give you the best quality of each episode each week so yeah i think that'll do it sean take us out boobies <laughs>